and be conduits for change. Hello, listeners. I'm Fran McGarry, the host of First Online with Fran's There's No Place Like Art. And my mission is to do just that, raise awareness of how the arts can alter perspectives and open conversations among communities. As a teacher, I always believed that through education, minds can be opened and hearts can be softened to awaken a better understanding of our now ever-present divisive culture. Today's guest, Margarita Espada, is a Puerto Rican activist, performer, educator, and cultural organizer. Margarita is the founder and director of the Yababruja Theater and Arts Center in Bayshore, Long Island. Its programs are anchored in the values of racial justice that honor the contributions of people of color and that are truly diverse, equitable, and inclusive. Welcome, Margarita. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> you bet. I'm so thrilled to meet you. And I'm eager to learn more about your programs. I recently read about your muralist project that was featured in Newsday, Immigrant Stories Told in Art. And I was truly intrigued by the depth and breadth of your mission to spark uh, discussion on the social engagement of your community. How did this muralist project start? And how did you gain the political support of legislator Samuel Gonzalez to sponsor the project through the county omnibus grant? It's a lot of questions, but let me go by part. Yes, our mission is to do art for social change. I'm also, as you know, I'm an educator and I, I do a lot of collaboration with high school teachers. In the past, I used to have an art education program in Central Islip High School. And, and I discovered uh, there was it's a need for new immigrant students, uh, Latino students in this case specific, that they, when they migrate to the school because the English limitation, they are not taking art classes. And I was like, wow, you know, so concerned as an artist. And, uh, and I decided to work with the Spanish teacher to do theater in Spanish. So the idea was uh, to embrace the language because it's a celebration of our identity. So it, it is good that they need to learn English. And that's, yes. Theater also, it's like total immersion, you know? Exactly. It's and about, you know, what theater brings, the self-esteem, to know you serve, all the skills that theater as uh, theater provide. But for new immigrant students was also to celebrate the language and uh, don't feel um, shame or speak your own language. So yes, you are learning English, but at the same time, uh, Spanish language, Spanish culture have a big um, tradition, you know, from golden age, Lope de Vega to Lorcas and Garcia Marquez. So uh, we wanted to embrace them as they are, they're also missing that part in the education. So we put plays based on uh, traditional classic uh, theater play. We, How did you get that partnership going? We How got a grant for uh, from New York State uh, Council for the Arts, and it was a residency for our education program. And the partnership is key because you need to have someone in the other side in the school system to support. And it was hard. I don't want to tell you that was the easy play, but we did run that this program for 10 years 
because we have a strong partnership with that teacher, you know, and she retired. So with that partnership and there was, uh, we did a show for the school, one from the community. So the parents also saw the children, you know, performing in their own language. And as you know, in my community, centralized with Brainwood, the Spanish population is, is big. So to go to the theater and to see, you know, a community playing and school playing in Spanish was something really big. And we invited the politicians. We, you know, as an activist, I took advantage and, you know, advocate and invite everyone. So from there, we run my programs here in, in Bayshore. So another teacher approached me with a group of students that they know they know they are their artists uh, about the same situation. They they new immigrants. They love to paint. They love to do art, and they would like to give something to the community. So they approached me and an approach of my muralist with the idea to have a mural in a corner. Um, it's a store in a corner where it's also a spot for immigrant to get jobs. So there was a conversation between the owner of the la bodega you know, the, the place to buy the food, people waiting there. So we wanted to target this place as an immigrant student and our organization was honoring the immigrant experience and also for people that waiting there to see what did they bring to get a job, to see a beautiful piece of art. And uh, we got some funding from legislator uh, Samuel Gonzalez. Uh, so we got funding... Uh, you know, I'm be like fighting and getting, you know, my advocacy work. So, you know, I am strong in like this funding, they need to be allocated to the arts and we do art. So don't look as Latino art, with, with, which is part of one of the challenges. Like they see, you know, the whole concept, um, Eurocentric approach to the theater or to the art in Long Island specifically. I would say the whole country, but let's talk about my community. So as a couple of years ago, I was like really fighting hard that that discriminate against our community because this is funding for the art. They've been allocated to others. Art Center in Long Island, we also deserve this part of the funding. Yes. Yeah, so and that was... Competition. Yeah. Exactly. And that was, I got the funding uh, to do parades and other events so uh because with the COVID situation we are not allowed to do parades and festivals so we decided to put the money to public art and do mirrors so that's beautiful cover you know just saw the story and uh for me very very powerful experience to see the students creating the images and their own stories put into the mirror and to see the community responding that sense of civic engagement for both sizes like for us designing the art for the student learning and you know developing the piece but also um, to see this immigrant smiling and saying wow that's us this is our our colors our images Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, and the and the person that owned the store was very supportive, also, which was exciting as well. You know that that whole community came together as a, a teacher. You, as you know, I have stories uh, to tell. That yes. it's like I would not have finished high school, you know, if I didn't have a theater class or an art class. What are some of the stories and some of the feedbacks that you got from the students who? worked with you 
We'll talk about some of your programs too, because it's amazing all the vast selections that you have for students to get involved. Yeah, so we've been growing. Some of the stories, like some of the students are, the immigrant stories, they're here without the mom. And to be here doing grading school, dreaming, the American dream to go to college and become a professional and being an, an art teacher and you know, become an artist. For me, like, oh my God, I'm a godmother, you know, like, like <laughs> I need to support them beyond this program. So yeah. that was very uh, moving when they see on us the possibility that it's real. That's why I focus in the specific community because we know the challenges. And here we're talking, I'm talking as a professional and, you know, because I'm a woman, a woman of color and Latina artist. So I know the challenges that they take. So when they see us as a young artist, they see on us the role model that they know that it is possible and we are here to support them. And yes, your credentials are incredible. Uh, how long have you been at Stony Brook University? Oh, it's been but in and out, maybe like 10 years. Um, wow. and I switched department. I used to teach at the theater department. Uh, the department is down. So I'm now with the yeah. Department of Women and Gender Study, which has been a very, very interesting journey uh, to teach theater and performing art from the perspectives of the Women's <laughs> Study Department, which is great. And in my case also, it's about bringing then the experience of gender, class, and race. So to, to focus in that area, because sometimes the conversations stay very uh, horizontal. So we wanted to really bring the student and build that bridge between the community and the university, because I'm here in Long Island. So it's not about, yes, it's so nice to be in a classroom and have this great conversation about gender race, but it's about how you bring that change to the community. So I also bring that. I, they are also learning firsthand with an artist. Yes, I'm a scholar. I can teach you, but at the same time, I will tell you with the real deal when you go out there, how hard is it? Oh my gosh. You really need to work. What are some of the outcomes that you've seen to make that bridge between the safety cocoon world of university classroom to what's really going on in the community with young people and with immigrants and their stories to share. So what some of the students, you know, I, they enter with me, they become professionals and I see the awareness they, they, they had and they can have this conversation and they, I become a mentor, you know, you, you know how it is that they stay with you yeah. forever. Yeah. And uh, so I see the growing, uh, into their own career and especially if they are no Latinos to see the university is also spending the conversation you know and inviting community members to the university to different programs so it's been amazing and it's still a lot of room you know to grow but uh it is great that they know uh, the center it's a place that they know that we, that we can send students and also always have this conversation it's viable Mm-hmm. You know, it's evolving and it's viable. You mentioned that you are a political activist. So I'd like to get more into, because I can relate to that. How does one impact the other? How do the arts uh, facilitate that political activism to make change? What kind of changes have you been able to make through your program? So I feel for this 
my whole training, you know, studied with Augusto Boal and had great masters in my career, especially in theater. Now, theater can show you what art do is to offer you the possibility that and different society, especially theater, and uh, which is the foundation of uh, Augusto Boal Theater, Theater of the Press. Uh, so when you see the reality, a different, an opportunity to a different reality outside of you, now you detach and you can see that's, that's real. And we can rehearse the revolution and we can rehearse how that change is possible. But work with my artists or with my students, you know, I, will, I always talk about political P with big P, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a bit engaged in this little politics party it's about the system it, it's this how deep and how this system is so heavy and one specific example when I did the play what killed Marcelo Lucero so the play was based on the death of Marcelo Lucero an immigrant that was killed in Pashok oh yeah I remember that exactly yeah, just for just kind of summarize exactly so what I did was I put this play based on my student from Stony Brook. They were my master program students, the MFA program. They wanted to learn. So, and I had immigrant students working with me together. So what we did was put it together, the community history and the stories and have a whole reflection first, the political of us to liberate ourselves first. You know, that's, it's a long journey to understand my own issues and, and be my own bias and where are my conversations. So we kind of replicate the stories and what happened in you know, legislations, what kind of politician we had in power. And then it was what killed Marcelo Rosero. What was the social and political issue behind a hate crime? So what I did, I put all the story together, but I don't offer an end, you know? It's not like I might play, we have an end so you feel good about it. It's, you know, when the both sides are fighting, immigrant, anti-immigrant. So I stopped at the play and say, oh, no, I don't have an end. So how we can and that, that's that. the That's the, the pedagogy behind Boal's work. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's conflict resolution. Can you share like, what happened? Like, give me a little clip. I went, the show ran for four years and it was a great experience for me also because, you know, sometimes you think that you got all the theory, you have all the experience. Yeah. And something that I learned that to work with a story so close to you in your own community, that's a lot of challenges, you know, because you can work with, you know, issues about hate and you're very uh, like in, in a general, but we're talking that this is flesh and blood from people in both sizes in Long Island. So there was very, a lot of emotional. Um, so what I did, okay, New York Times came and covered. That was great because there was, everyone was fighting. Yeah. And I came with this little play, supposedly, you know, and the play offered a platform for people to, to talk. And my point was like, we don't need to have a resolution and happy ending. At least if we have civic dialogue, at least we can listen to each other. At least we can really try to understand. So my play really as a strategy, I balance both sizes as hard as it was because obviously, you know, they said hate crime, they're like killing Latino immigrants. But I try to balance and to listen to the other sides. In the process, I went to the court. I, they murdered, you know, got into jail. So I went to try to listen to the family, the other side, and to the family of the, the one side of my community. 
So when we did the play the first time at Stony Brook oh and Hofstra University, so at that moment, I realized that the play was bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, the, the emotion of the audience and both sizes was very dangerous. So I don't have the skill to manage that conversation. Yeah. I went in partnership with all these activists for immigration. Say, okay, I have this piece. This is getting, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in immigration. They're asking questions. I'm, that's, I'm an artist. I can talk, yes, about social justice, but let's partner and I offer you the play to take it to places that we can have conversations. So we have a different partnership with uh, immigrants, immigration lawyer, different, uh, the faith community, churches. Uh, so they ask the community what they want. So we have leadership for the own community because you cannot go to a community without knowing your community and have the own leader of the community sitting with you. They need to have some, you need to empower and it's something about community organizing. You need to empower the community. I'm here to offer you the conversation, but you are the one having the conversation. And uh, that was one stage, and we did a lot of plays about that. And later, I have like, mm, something is really bothering me. It's like, we bring this conversation, they're having the conversation. What is the next step you know, in organizing? What is the action plan? What happened after? So what we did, I brought and I partnered with, organization they have like a follow-up that people can take action to change the law so in that part I was I would feel better that it's not only to offer a conversation to for them to talk but what happened when people want to be engaged we need to have also an opportunity to follow up so the community can keep working on that so that was amazing and I can tell you a lot of tears a lot of emotions Bigger yeah. moment was when the father or the teenager that killed Marcelo went to the Pasha, you know, theater play. And after, when I stopped the play, he was like, you know, someone, someone had something to say that he raised his hand. He had something to say. I was like, oh, yes. yes. And then he was like, well, you know. Uh, my ch- my son is a child, you know, he don't know better. So he started to justify the son. And there was a beautiful experience because another member of the audience stood and said, stop, your son is not the victim. The victim is a community that's been terrorized for this gang of high school students. There you go. And I will switch to the, I respond, you know, and say, I feel that we all are victims. Because if we live in a society that creates hate crime, we all are victims. Because, yes, he got what he deserved, you know, for killing an immigrant, for hate crime. But at the same time, it's, it's not winning. No one is winning in a society yeah. that creates hate yeah. crime and, you know, racism. No one is, is winning. So we need to work together to be sure that we have a, a better society. And you are a winner for providing that conduit to open conversations as I, as I talk to you about that. Oh my gosh, that, that is so good. Has there been any follow-up to this program or you just kind of left it there because it's, it's happening today in our present time, you know, with a, with a 17 year old showing up with an AK-15 and being acquitted and three white men who uh, shot and killed Arbert Armory for jogging 
in a white neighborhood and guilty. So there is, there is change, you know, there is an awareness. And how can we, you and I, you know, as artists and as activists, and this is what's so important to me, doing this, I never thought I would be doing podcasts. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that, but it's such a great way for me to get people like you to let everybody out there know that the arts matter. It's not some extracurricular activity. Arts can make change. And as you brought out, we need to get together. You know, Rodney King, can't everybody just get along with this heightened divisive culture that's going on? And it's not just, you know, Latino and Black. It's what happened with Congresswoman, the Muslim Congresswoman. You know, it's like, how do we stop this? Exactly. I believe this, I'm an artist and that's what I do every day. Uh, art is very powerful. You just see our history or area of the art, you know, from performing music to uh, museum. The further they do when they want to destroy a country is to destroy the art and to kill the artist. That's okay. our history. Yeah. And yeah. because it's powerful, this is how you unite people Art is a code of language. It's a different set of language and that uh, we communicate without needing to have this uh, speaking English, Spanish, or whatever other language is the, the language of art through movement, through sound, to colors. And you organize through that and art creates message. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's very powerful and very dangerous for a political system. So that's, that's the history. And I feel that that's our core in this life I guess that's how we feel and I know you feel the same that it's like I don't know I don't I don't see myself doing anything else and I know artists that be dying doing what they love to do but I think we need more art also because art humanizes us and remind us that we are all human and spirits is there and I feel that we meet through this spirituality and through names uh, it's difficult to hate you is I know you so as I remove the stereotype, as I remove my label of, oh, Latino, it's a Black, it's a White, it's a white. So we remove all of that and we connect through our human experience. I cannot kill you, you know, because we humanize each other. And that's exactly what you're doing through your work. I'm curious to know when that workshop that you did with the killing in Patchogue, was what five or six years ago yeah exactly seven years ago have you seen changes in that community or other communities as a result of this opportunity to open conversations I see you know sometimes I see the cosmetic change uh the yes to see more participation in some member of the community but I feel there's a lot of work that needs to be done to really uh, engage and to really work on people. You know, it's not about putting the music. Uh, you know, sometimes people ask me, I get a lot of um, phone call, like how I can engage um, more the people because you need to remove yourself from what do you like and what do you want? You need to go and listen what people want and, uh, and bring the real, real uh, conversation with them and uh and I feel now you know it's a little scary I feel it's now it's changing back to you know a lot of polarization and 
you know, it's just a patch which been changing a lot. And I, I don't want it to target only Pacha because yes, the incident, you know, that's happening in Pacha, but we know it's the whole Long Island. Yeah, yes. And for experience. And I, I do love the community of passion and know the media yes. doing a great yeah, job. They've made tremendous, tremendous changes Big changes. In community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but what I knew when I was growing up on Long Island to what it is now. You know, I went there for some kind of street fair parade or something. I'm like, it's totally totally rejuvenated into a whole um very open uh loving community exactly and i and i feel more room to grow in terms of how you really integrate i don't want to call this immigrant because these people you know the community the ecuadorian community has been there for maybe 50 years so they had the children already and adults so they are part of the community but you know it's always good to have this conversation and all to talk and collaborate with other our concerns to be sure that uh that we bring a real conversation and uh, for the concept of the art and galleries it is important to be aware of the curatorial process you know the eurocentric approach to the art so if you wanted to re-engage people you need to change who's making that decision and how you see the art because you do have this eurocentric a point of view like maybe the community don't care too much about it and vice versa when you see a latino artist you don't see the value you see oh and that is not that's cute but this is not art so that's the beginning of the conversation there you know if you don't have understanding and respect for all sides of the other people culture so maybe you need to call an expert we have a lot of people that are experts in their own culture to help you to curate and to invite artists to your galleries and to your shows. And that's what, that is always my advice that we need to start changing this conversation. And I think it's changing. I feel that is the beginning of being more aware of the decolonization issue and the, the problem with um, Eurocentric approach to the arts. So where, where are you going next? What's on the horizon for your teatro? Well, we're doing great. You know, there was a hard time for everyone with the pandemic. But at the same time, I don't know if it happened to you, but it was like a ne- now or never. You know, mm-hmm. I had this sense of like, okay, with the whole, you know, quarantine, like shutting down the space and what is the meaning of everything. So I was like, you know, I need to do what I love to do in my life. So I was writing grants. I was putting new projects. So my need was to, going out to the community and do more murals, um, having um, a Latino writing series, doing, uh, I did a show about constellations about in collaboration with what happened during the COVID, I created this international uh, Yerba Bruja space with my friends in Spain, in Mexico, in Cuba, and in Puerto Rico. And we create this multimedia in a, international shows so I think I'm moving more into go back what is really important for me and have priorities you know priorities now they need this big so everyone wanted to hire us and uh, we are growing but at the same time what I really want to do it is important now how I really engage my time and my art so it's also a conversation about who I am as an artist in my stage of life and how I want to really focus in developing more my mission and my vision. And it sounds like you are steadfast 
in that purpose and I wish you success. I would love to go and meet you. Please. And visit the mural. It just sounds so fascinating. Yes. Uh, it's just, we would, our paths were just meant to cross, I guess. Exactly. No, please. Unless, you know, I'll get we're gonna stay in touch. Yeah. Coffee or tea and yeah. uh, I want you to see the space and to your run and just keep the conversation. And you know, I, would, I would love to. And, you know, I want to lend my support to you in any way to keep this going. We'll be sharing on my website, the links and uh, donations to your program. I wish you the very best and continued to s- success. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your support. And that's exactly what we need to do. We collaborate, work together. Thank you. You bet. We're a good team. Find out more about what Fran is up to. Go to her website at firstonlinewithfran.com. This program was produced by March Hair Media and recorded at Wheat Sheet Studio Productions.